Sahaba through which the Silsila passes in that connection Hazrat mentioned 40 points which indicate that Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq have nisbat ittihadi which means that they everything that Allah Ta'ala put in the breast of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam put in the breast of Sayyidina Abu Bakr and that means that there is life resemblance that there is life resemblance that there is life resemblance uh, in certain incidents that take place in the life of the Prophet Sallallahu and the life of Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq So number 30 is that number 29 and that is that after making him shaheed uh, Yazid took the corpse of Sayyidina Hussein but on a different ribaya here but he didn't also give him proper burial he took the corpse back to Sham and similarly after making Abdullah bin Zubair al-Shaheed Yazid he took uh, Hajjaj bin Yusuf he took the corpse away so in both cases neither of them were allowed the burial rites by their family number 30 is that before Sayyidina Hussein radiallahu shahada before Sayyidina Hussein radiallahu shahada the rest of his family uh, had also been martyred and he was the last one of his family to be martyred. Similarly, before Sayyidina Abdullah bin Zubair al-Shahada, some of his close relatives were martyred and then he was martyred. So, this another resemblance between the grandsons of Sayyidina Rasulullah wasallam and Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq Then, from 31 onwards, Hazrat has mentioned several points in which uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has addressed or Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you can say has addressed the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and Sayyidina Bakr Siddiq the same way number one is that Sayyidina Rasulullah was mentioned in Quran as Sahibukum and here in Sahibukum the ishara is that Sahibukum means the Prophet Sallallahu is the Sahib or the companion of the people that he was sent to similarly in the Hadith of Bukhari Sayyidina Rasulullah told the Sahaba Ikram about Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq Sahibukum that he is your Sahib so Allah Ta'ala referred to the Prophet as the Sahib of the Sahaba and the Prophet referred to Abu Bakr as the Sahib of the Sahaba so for both of them the same word was used in Quran and Sahibukum then In Imama, when Sayyidina Rasulullah was feeling unwell towards the end of his life in Medina Manawara, uh, toward, in a particular stage of his life in Medina Manawara, he appointed Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq to lead the Salah. So both of them also had this nisbat of being Imam of the Sahaba in Salah. Then number 33 is that it comes in Quran, Yakulun that uh, unbelievers of Makkah Makarma, they said to the Prophet that the Prophet is Majnoon, that he is crazy. Similarly, it is written in the biography of Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq, that when Sayyidina Abu Bakr believed that the Prophet went on Isra and Miraj without even having met the Prophet's own account about this. So, Kalu, so the disbelievers of Makkah Makarma said the same thing, Hadab no Ibn Kahafa, that this son of Ibn Abi Kahafa, I mean Abu Bakr Siddiq, the Majnoon, is crazy. Number 34. That on the way back from Taif, Mutamim uh, bin Adi, who is an unbeliever, he actually gave the Prophet some refuge. 
when the Rebbeikatim went back, went to Taif, and when he was on his way back, so this unbeliever, but who for, had a family fondness for the Rabbi granted him refuge and told him you could enter Makkah Makarimah under my protection. Similarly, when Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq was on his way back from his journey, which he didn't complete, but turned around back from going to Abyssinia, then Habsha uh, gave another un- unbeliever, Habsha gave him, uh, sorry, Ibn Abi, Dun- Ibn Abi Dagna gave him refuge and sanctuary. Number 35 is that Sayyidina Rasulullah said, that I have the most taqwa out of all of humanity and I am the most honored of humanity in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then Sayyidina uh, Abu Bakr Siddiq about him, Allah ta'ala himself said in Quran, <coughs> and here the Mufassirin have said that by Al-Atka it means Sayyidina Abu Bakr As-Siddiq and similarly in another ayah inna akramakum indullahi atkakum many Mufassirin said that the ishara here of akramakum that the most honored of you of the Sahaba are the ones who have the most taqwa so the original recipient of this revelation were Sahaba Ikram so it means that Allah Ta'ala is saying the Sahaba that indeed the most honored of you are the, is the one who has the most taqwa here again the Mufassirin say that uh, by Akrabakum, the Murad is saying Abu Bakr Siddiq with Allah Ta'ala Anhu. And verse uh, number, uh, resemblance number 36. <coughs> Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala said about the Prophet Sallallahu in Quran, وَلَسَوْفَ يُعْتِيكَ رَبُّكَ فَتَرْدَى And shortly your Rabb will bestow upon you, and then you will, such that you will be pleased. <coughs> and Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala give, will give the Prophet some so much so this is referred to Maqam al-Mahmood when the Prophet will go into sajda and then raise his head and Allah Ta'ala will grant him whatever he wants. Similarly, uh, some say that in Qur'an al-Kareem another ayah well, sofa yarda is about Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq ta'ala anhu, that Allah Subh'ala ta'ala is giving Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq bishara, or good tidings in Qur'an that soon that he will also be pleased as well. So both of them have this ayat in Qur'an al-Kareem using similar, almost identical words. Resemblance number 37 is that <coughs> but those people who followed the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says about them in Qur'an in kuntum that say my beloved messenger Sallallahu that if you claim that you love Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala and indeed you do then you should do ittiba of me and then Allah Ta'ala will love you. And then about those people in Quran, those people who are going to give bear to say Abu Bakr Shadiq without Allah, then Allah Ta'ala says about Fasofa Yatillahu Bikomi Yuhibbuhum Yuhibbunahu that soon Allah Subhanahu will bring another qawm such that Allah Ta'ala loves them and they love Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala. So the Mufassirun have said that this qawm is an ishara by Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala to refer to what's going to happen after the Prophet passes away and that means the leadership will pass to the Sahaba and again the word here is Yuhibbuhum that Allah Ta'ala will love them so for the Sahaba Ikram in the lifetime of the Prophet the first ayah says Yuhibbukum Allah that Allah Ta'ala will love you and then the ayah that describes the state of the Sahaba Ikram right after the Prophet passes away which means that they are now in the under the leadership of Sayyidina Abu Bakr as-Siddiq so here Allah Ta'ala said Yuhibbuhum that Allah Ta'ala loves them so that means when the Sahaba were under the leadership of the Prophet Allah Ta'ala loved them and when the Sahaba were under the leadership of Sayyidina Abu Bakr as-Siddiq then again Allah Ta'ala loved them and the same word is used in Quran for Sahaba Yuhibbu in both of these two cases number 
then Azaji says that all of these things were غَيْرِ اِخْتِيَارِ These things were not... Uh, there are some things that are not even in a person's control at all, which again, people may think is coincidence, but this is understood by a mashaykh to be a mushabit or an indication of his bitter tahadi. So number 38 is that Sayyidina Rasulullah, he saw some passed away at the age of 63 lunar years. And similarly, Sayyidina Abu Bakr as-Siddiq, who was two years younger, he passed away two years later, also at the age of 63 lunar years. So this was also a mushabit in their life, that they lived the same lifespan on earth. Number 39 is that Sayyidina Rasulullah, some of the ulama of Sira said that the Prophet passed away due to the effects of poison. Uh, there was a, let's say, witch or some, maybe you would call it like a witch who had attempted to poison the Prophet And although Allah SWT saved the Prophet from the immediate effect of that poison, the ultimate suburb of the Prophet's death was that poison. This is just an interesting point of Sira that the ulama say that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loved the Prophet so much that he could not even directly be causing the sabab of his death. Whereas for all of us, and the Prophet every self will taste death. But how would the Prophet pass away from this world? So it could not be that Allah ta'ala would take him even peacefully in old age in his sleep because then Allah ta'ala would be the one who prompted that. So what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did was that that kafir, a woman who sent that poison for the Prophet Allah Ta'ala slowed the effect of that but ultimately when the decree came for the Prophet to pass away it was a result of that poison so then even then the nisbat of taking the life of the Prophet was not directly done to Allah but is done to the poison that that woman sent that's generally how the ulama of Sira mention it and then similarly the same thing is about Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq that he also has died of poison so in the Circumstance, you can see mushabiyat, but you can also take it at that other level that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loved both of them so much that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not want to directly bring about their death, but brought about their death through a type of shahada, because this is also a shahada that if you die, even if the long term effect of the poison of a disbeliever. Number 40, and so the last of these 40 mushabiyat. The same, and this is something that all of us can see every time we go to Medina Manorah, the very same hujra, the very same room or compartment, which was the home of Ummul Mu'minina Aisha, that is where Sayyidina Rasulullah is mutfoon, yani where he's buried, and exactly the same hujra, Sayyidina Abu Bakr as-Siddiq, is mutfoon, is buried. And so in this life they were together, and in the Rodha Mubarak in their grave there together, so that means they will be exactly next to each other for all of genital for those. <coughs> then Imam al has said an extra thing which Hazrat didn't include in the 40, but he mentioned it afterward that Imam al has written in the Maktubat that the very same earth, because insan is made of teen. And Allah Ta'ala has mentioned this in the Quran that we have made of earth. So the very same earth that Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala used to fashion the jism athar or the noble and pure body of the Prophet whatever was left from that earth, Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala used that to make the body of Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq anhu. Then again what was left after that, Allah Subhanahu Ta'ala used that earth to make the body of Sayyidina 
Umar radiallahu anhu. So these three were made from that same body, uh, from the same piece of earth. And Muslim reason for this is that because some ulama say that you return to the earth that you were made from when you were buried. So because Sayyidina Rasulullah Sayyidina Abu Bakr and Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anhuma are all buried together in the same piece of earth because Sayyidina Umar is also buried in the same hujra. Umar and Aisha radiallahu gave him permission for that. So it means that they were all created from the same earth as well. So they are born from the same earth and they were returned to the same earth. Then another thing that Imam al-Bani has written in his Maktubat is that uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted to give Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq and the Prophet sallam, or intimately close, unique companionship with one another. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted them to be together always in the Akhirah. So another way that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did this was to make them family members from one another. So that Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq is the father-in-law of the Prophet And secondly, that their houses, Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq was makan or his home was right next to the home of the Prophet So here the Imam al-Bani writes that in Jannah that the Prophet will have, you can say like a two-story house or will live in a two-family palace and in that two family palace will be because of his wife Umm Mu'minina Aisha will be her father Sayyidina Abu Bakr As-Siddiq Allah ta'ala anhu so and, the, and Imam Rabbani writes that on the ground floor of that two family palatial structure will be Sayyidina Abu Bakr As-Siddiq and then above him will be Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam this is also because some of the ulama say that the Nisbat al continues in Jannah so al-mar'u ma'aman ahabba. So everybody will be with whom they love. So in one sense, all of the Sahaba love the Prophet ﷺ, so they will be with him together in all of Jannatul Firdaus. But Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq will be ma'aman ahabba, will be right with the Prophet ﷺ, even in the individual residence of Jannatul Firdaus. And the difference will just be that Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq will have something equivalent, the Jannah equivalent of being in the lower portion, and Sayyidina Rasulullah will be in the Jannah equivalent of what it means to be in the upper portion. Some of them also say that this is because that if a person wants to go meet the Prophet in Jannah, they will have to meet Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq as well, because that is the nisbat that in order to be true enough to meet the Prophet you have to first meet his truest one, his Siddiq. So again, one can now then understand uh, this is the end of this feature, uh, which is the second aspect of the fazail of the Naqshbandi Sisla, the fact that Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq is uh, the Sahaba through which the Sisla passes. And the whole point of all of these points was that given that Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq had that nisbat ittihadi, and the nisbat goes from the Prophet through him to the rest of the Sisla, so that lifts up all of the nisbat of the Mashaik of the Sisla because their nisbat is a Siddiqi nisbat. Then, uh, this is another thing that will come later on in this book, either this year or the next. Because of this nisbat itihadi, what is it that Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq had more than the other Sahaba? And that is what Imam al-Bayanatha calls the ulum kamalat nubuwa And this is something we explained for you, I think, last year, that there's the kamalat nubuwa and kamalat wilaya. So there are different types of perfections. Uh, this is the 
classification that Imam al-Bani did. And Sayyidina Ali r.a. had the perfect ilm of wilaya, but Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq r.a. had the perfect ilm of nabuwa, and that was given to him because of this nisbat al with Sayyidina Rasulullah wasallam. So that is why our silsila is a silsila of the path of nabuwa and is a path of kamalat nabuwa. Now that you will understand more in these nights because Hazrat in lessons 23, 24, 25, when he does them, he will explain to you what Inshallah, Kamalat and Nabuwa exactly are. Then, now next section is Khwaj Bahaudin Naqshiban Bukhari Ramtale. How did he begin his journey, or how did he get the idea, uh, let's say, of establishing the Naqshiban Majadi Silsala? So, the, the, the Silsala Ali Naqshiban is named after Shaykh Hazrat Khwaja. Bahaudin Nakshaban Ramta Imam Mutaifa was Sayyid al Sulsala, Bhaja Bahaudin Nakshaban Ramtale. And he was a, he lived in Bukhara and he was very makbul and beloved and accepted to Allah SWT. And one day he got what is called Halat Qabz, which means that his kafiyat were constricted. So all of a sudden he could no longer perceive the Lutf and Nazat in his Ibadah. This notion of Qabz uh can have two possibilities. Either person actually no longer experiences the lutf and lazat of their ibadah, in particular it means zikr, or they're experiencing it, but their perception and awareness of that is lifted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the kabz means that a veil is put over there. Some of the mashayikh say that the second is more likely because for mashayikh like because they have passed that point they are alfani la yurad they have passed that point of no return so when qabz happens to them actually Allah Ta'ala doesn't salve or negate their kifiyat Allah Ta'ala just puts a veil between their perception their idrak and their kifiyat whereas for an am salik like us when we get halat qabz actually Allah Ta'ala is taking away those kifiyat themselves not just our perception of them here, so that was just a separate point to tell you. So, Hazrat Khwajibahad Naqshibah had a Qabz on them. And this is one of the names, these are two names of Allah SWT, Al-Qabid and Al-Basit, the constrictor and the expander. And this has been understood of the Mashaikh that the Sof to mean the constrictor and expander of his Tajaliyat and Anwarat and Fiyuzat that he sends on the heart of a person and therefore the constrictor or expander of the Kifiyat that a person has. So sometimes uh, a person, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, relates with that person in his sifat of being al-qabid, and sometimes he relates with that person of his sifat of being al-basid. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned this in Quran, in Kareem, in Surah Al-Baqarah, verse 245, And Allah ta'ala constricts and he expands, and to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will all, uh, will all of you return. So sometimes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does this for the tarbiyat of a salik, for the training of a salik, both of these things. Sometimes gives him a kafiyat to encourage him and to make him more earnest in their dhikr and more steadfast in dhikr. Sometimes takes away that kafiyat or as we might suggest in this case, takes away the perception of that kafiyat to test uh, whether that person was Abdul Lut from Abdul Latif was just doing the zikr for the sake of the feeling, or were they doing zikr out of slavery to Allah Subhanahu wa Taala? And another reason Allah Taala takes away the kafiyat is to make the person come closer to them, because these Allah, when Allah Subhanahu wa Taala would take away their lut or lazat or the perception of that, then they would become so 
worried that they would start doing more dhikr and more du'a and more tahajjud. And that's their nisbut with Sayyidina Rasulullah because you will see when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in a few occasions in Sirah stopped or paused Paul sending revelation, Wahi on the Prophet ﷺ. So in those days, Sayyidina Rasulullah increased his ibadah, his dua, always looking up at the sky to reju ilallah. So the same thing happens to these awliyaullah who have the kamalat in Nabuwa. Then when Allah Ta'ala sends comes on them, it's not a punishment for any sin, nor is it to test them whether they're Abdul Lutf or Abdul Latif. Allah Ta'ala knows that they're not Abdul Lutf, they're only Abdul Latif, but it's to give them nisbat with the Prophet ﷺ. That the same way on the Prophet ﷺ, revelation was paused, same way for them. They is kifiyat or paused. So here, so this episode, or Sheikh Wajib Bahadur Naksheban Ramtanay, he was, let's say, afflicted, or Allah Taala sent an episode or a period of halate comes onto him. And uh, also, Hazi has mentioned here. Uh, explaining this that uh, in Basit a person should do shukr and should be grateful and in Kabz a person should do sabr. Here sabr means they should patiently endure and be steadfast on their zikr and mamulat. And when they get bust they should be grateful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and view their kafiyat not as their own achievement, not as their own accomplishment, own attainment. They shouldn't revel and be joyous and self-congratulatory. So shukr here means that they are thankfully appreciative that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave this to them. So just like a person who is completely poor and has nothing to drink, if somebody gives him a glass of milk, he doesn't think that this glass of milk is my achievement, I didn't earn it, I didn't deserve it, I've done nothing for it, but this is the person's karam and grace and generosity on me that they have given this milk and they will thankfully drink it. So just like that, the salak who gets a state of bust will view the halat and kafiyat that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent upon them. Shukr means that they won't think that it is their own doing, but they will accept it gratefully as a gift from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then Hazrat says that both of the, in both of these lies a test And but the greater test lies in this halat of cubs, in the kafiyat of cubs to remain steadfast is indeed a very difficult thing. So Khaja Bahaudi Nakshiban went through this state of cubs for six months. Six months consecutively he was in this state. So much so that then he felt that maybe after six months had passed he started getting this greater worry that this is permanent, that something has happened due to which I have lost uh, these feelings all together and that after six months of deeply turning towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and yearning and pleading to Him and this is not even something we can understand but the best way example I can tell you is that when Sayyidina Rasulullah the way he pleaded with Allah ta'ala and kept looking at the sky you can imagine that that was what was happening in these six months that Sayyidina uh, would have just been making massive amounts of effort, heartfelt yearning, heartfelt pleading and entreating Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then after those six months, he became, let's say he felt in a threat that perhaps all the doors have been closed for him forever. And then when he had that thought that perhaps all the doors are closed for me forever, and then he went back and he got up from his musalla, he thought that, okay, then I should leave. I've been doing ibadah perpetually for six months. Now maybe what I should do is I should go out there and earn something 
for my family and children because I have neglected the earning for six months and now it seems that all the doors are closed for me and we have been living in a state of hunger so it's better than that at least then I fulfill the next level which is I should go and try to earn for my uh, family and children. So when he left his musalla, his own home and his own prayer mat to go out with this intention that on the way there was a masjid and on that masjid he saw a poem written or inscribed on that masjid and the meaning of that poem and the translation of that Urdu is as, uh, the translation in English is as follows that oh friend that when you come here I will be yours Don't, O oh friend, when you come to me in the masjid, O oh friend, you come to me, I will be yours. Why is it that you turn away and why is it that you're going far? So then he read that poem and then when he read that poem, then in his entire mm, tabiyat changed, his kifiyat changed and again everything started opening up for him and so then he walked, he decided to go towards that masjid and enter that masjid on which that couplet was written. Here Hazrat mentions a point that every one of us wants that we should get lazat in our zikr, but we should remember that this is not the maksud or the purpose or object of doing zikr. What we should want is we should become Abdul Latif and we should not be Abdul Lutf. And it should not be that, okay, as long as we are enjoying Raqqaba or feeling something in it, then we will do zikr. And if we don't feel anything, then we will interrupt or we will stop doing our zikr. So this is not the right way. Rather, Allah Ta'ala has given us a command in Qur'an, that you must remember Allah Ta'ala abundantly. And this is irrespective of whether you have any feeling or lutf or lazat or not. And Allah Ta'ala is far exalted beyond having us do His zikr only for the self-interest of our own lutf and lazat. And Ibn Ata'ala al-Iskandiri, he said a very strange thing. He said that when you feel lazat in your zikr, but your object and your wish in your zikr is that you should feel lazat or pleasure in your zikr. Allah Ta'ala's object and purpose in your zikr is simply that you should do that zikr. And this is what the Sahuf teaches us, that you should sacrifice your maksud for Allah Ta'ala's maksud. So because your maksud is to get the pleasure, and Allah Ta'ala's maksud is that you should do it irrespective of pleasure. So we should sacrifice our desire for what Allah Ta'ala's desires. Because what can our what is the worth and value and status of our maksud in comparison to the maksud and the wish of Allah Ta'ala? Then as he says that many salakin come and say that we do muraqabah but we don't feel any kefiyat at that muraqabah. As he says that in response to that, that, oh friend, even if you don't feel kefiyat, you should think that this itself was the kefiyat that Allah Ta'ala gave you tawfiq to sit in muraqabah. The fact that you're saying, oh I sit in muraqabah but I don't feel anything. What inspired you and made you sit even in muraqabah? That itself was the kefiyat that is called the tawfiq or that Allah Ta'ala graced you and blessed you with the ability and success to sit in muraqabah. And you should be grateful that Allah Ta'ala through that tawfiq enabled you to do amal on his Amr enabled you to follow his command So when Khwaja Bahaudin Naqshiband his kefiyah started turning back towards Bast and he went inside the masjid then Allah Taala's rahmah and mercy started descending upon him and then Hazrat says we have seen that 
normally with a mother, whenever she is uh, angry with a child of hers, and so she becomes separate, even she could slap a child of hers, then what happens is very shortly thereafter, all of a sudden the mother's heart melts, and she may hug the child of hers, or may even give a candy to her child. So it means that her the way she relates to her child changes, right? And in fact, we've also seen that the more stern and harsh she was with her child in the initial stage, when she switches into being soft and compassionate, she will be extra soft to compensate for that. So this is the same thing as he says that happened here, that because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had been, let's say, so to speak in English, not 100% appropriate word, but so to speak stern with Sayyidina uh, by being al-qabid and by uh, keeping him absent from his kafiyat for six months so then when Allah Ta'ala's mercy then descended upon him as al-basid then Allah Ta'ala sent massive tajalliyat upon him as al-basid to in a sense compensate uh, you can say compensate uh, for the six months of comes so again the point here is that then when Allah Ta'ala revealed this silsila on Hazrat Khawaja Bahaudin Naqshiban Bukharantanai, that inspiration, that ilham, not reveals, it inspired that ilham took place in such a high level of bust. Because this bust is something that followed the six months of Qabz, and it's the way of Allah subhanahu ta'ala then to compensate or to give as much bust as He gave Qabz. So another way the Mashaikh can understand this is that because the gift that was to be given was such a tremendous bust that even Hazrat Khawaja Bahauddin Naqshiban Bukhayna could not have attained this level of bust through his own dhikr The only thing that could have enabled such a maximal level of bust to occur on his breast was by Allah Ta'ala keeping him in a state of cubs for six months, thus that Allah Ta'ala would have been warranted or within his own adal and justice to bestow this bust upon him. And what bust, what happened in this bust, is, bust again means that Allah Ta'ala expands and opens, gives a person shara sadr. You can maybe understand it like that. So that was this occasion of the ilham of the sinsla aliyah naqshibandiyah. And what was that? So the way Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did it is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this massive state of bust, he, uh, he, uh, the, what was the ilham that Hazrat Khawaja Bahaudin Naqshibandiyah heard? He heard a voice and that voice said to him that, Oh my slave, Ask from me whatever you wish to ask. Means Allah Ta'ala gave him such a blank check of bust. Hmm? So it's such a expansion that you can ask of me whatever you want. And this is Hazrat Khawaja Bahauddin Naqshiban Bukhari's love for Ummah. And this is also his nisbat with Sayyidina Rasulullah Wasallam. So when Sayyidina Rasulullah was on Miraj and he fell into that sajda and then he raised his head and how did he pray when, and he's, when Allah Ta'ala then greeted him and said, As-salamu alaykum ya nabi wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Sayyidina Rasulullah remembered his ummah and said, Wassalamu alayna wa ala ibadik as-salihin. So here, Sayyidina Khawaja Khawaja Bahaudin Naqshiban Bukhari Basically the same thing will happen That he is in such a state of Qurb and Akrabiyat And a state of bust with Allah SWT So when Allah Taala sent this ilham upon him So what was it that he asked He didn't ask something for himself personally He made dua to Allah Taala He said, Oh Allah, give me such a nisbat Bestow upon me such a nisbat That will be the Akrab nisbat The nisbat that will, bring, will be the closest to you And it's also the Ashal Is the easiest nisbat by which people can come closer to you. And so when and Allah Ta'ala accepted this dua and the way Allah Ta'ala 
accepted this du'a, the manner in which this du'a was kubul, was that Allah subhanahu wa bestowed upon him the nisbat the nakshbandiya, and then made him aware of that nisbat. So it means that this khas, so siddiqi nisbat, that is there from Ayat Kubra, that is nisbat tahadi from Allah subhanahu wa to the Prophet to Sayyidina Bakr Siddiq. Next major stage in our sisla is the nakshbandi nisbat, and that was bestowed by Allah subhanahu directly on the heart of Sayyidina Hazrat Khwajib Bahadin Akshiban Bukhari Ramtani. So the nisbat itself and then the awareness, the akra part was bestowing the nisbat itself. The ashal part was inspiring Hazrat Khwajib Bahadin Akshiban Ramtani how to train Salakin, how to do Tirbiyat of Salakin so that they could also get this nisbat. And in a sense you can understand that the gatherings this year, the first 16 lessons that Hazrat is explaining, the understanding of them, the sequencing of them, how to train the Salakin in them, how to successively give the Salak each of those asbaq, all of that was then sent as an ilham to Sayyidina Khwaja Bahauddin Nakshiban Bukhari Ramtani. Now then Hazrat comments on the relationship between these two things. And as he says that the same nisbat that was sent, uh, that is bestowed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this state of bas to Hazrat Khwajib Bahaudi Naqshiban Bukhari tonight is actually the same nisbat that Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq had and the same nisbat that was being transferred from him, his heart to the heart of every successive shaykh in the chain. However, Sayyidina Hazrat Khwaja Bahadni Naqshiban Bukhari Ramtale The way you explain this is that it's, it's Ulum or Ma'arif Abkulge It means that Khwaja Bahadni Naqshiban was carrying the gene, if you will But now the gene was activated And now he was aware and could see all the detailed aspects of that gene And how to connect people to that So just change the word gene for Nisbat So he was a carrier of the Nisbat And he and carrying the same Nisbat that had been bequeathed down from Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq But in this moment of Bath and Ilham That Nisbat was opened up like a flower Petals open up And then Sayyidina Hazrat Khwaja Bahadni Naqshibana They could see the features of that Nisbat in tafsil or in detail and how to connect people to that nisbat in detail. And then Hazrati gave an example last year uh, for many ulama may be able to understand this through this example that the silsila of tabliq and dawah has been coming since the time of sahaba meaning inviting people to the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and inviting Muslims to practice their deen. However, in recent times, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in a special ilham, He opened up onto the heart of Hazrat Mulana Ilyas Samtale a particular tafsil, a particular detailed understanding of how to do tabliq and how to invite people to tabliq. So it's not that tabliq was something new, but it was coming from before, but tafsil is what was opened on Hazrat Mulana Ilyas Samtale. So he and so, Hazrat says, in a similar way, Hazrat Khwaja Bahaudi Naqshiban Bukhari was carrying the Siddiqi Nisbat in him, but here Allah subhanahu wa opened up its tafsil in such a way that what was Akrab became Ashal, what was the closest to Allah subhanahu wa also became the easiest for future generations of Salakin to connect to Allah subhanahu wa And then Hazrat says that when the king uh, when the king bestows, so at the moment of bestowal, the servants of the king are the happiest when the king does inaya or bestows something upon them. And when the king is in a 
in the splendor and majesty of his inayah and his ata and his bestowal and his gifts than so many others, uh, and this is in short to all of us, that so many others, literally necks are also freed, but it means that so many other people who were bondsmen to their nafs became liberated because of this bestowal on Hazrat Khwaja Bahauddin because so many people would then benefit from this nisbat that was inspired in his heart by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, answered his dua in this manner. Then Hazrat Khwaja Bahauddin used to say He used to say about himself after this incident that I may murad who that I am a murad. Murad means that somebody whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala desires, somebody who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala seeks out. So he felt that Allah Ta'ala sought him out and selected him out of his generous grace to bestow this nisbat upon him. So these are two words and one is murid and one is murad. And both of these words have a difference. So Hazrat gave an example that imagine that if there's somebody, you are out in the marketplace and then somebody meets you and he says to you that, oh, I want to come and visit you. So what you do, you take out a piece of paper and you write down your home address and maybe directions and you give it to him and you say, okay, you can come meet me in the evening. That's one example and that would be the example of a murid. Inshallah, tomorrow we'll continue and explain. Or today after Zohar, we'll continue this, inshallah.